Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which is a high-tech blogging platform where you can split test all types and sizes of ads across your site, many, many, many different locations to increase your ad revenue. I use it on several of my niche sites with great, great results. Today, I want to dig into content and how it relates to traffic. More specifically, first off, I'm going to discuss and answer the question, does more content, as in more articles, result in more traffic? Basically, I'm going to dive into some numbers and analyze uh, any sort of correlation between how much content I pushed out on a month-to-month basis and what happened to to, uh, search engine traffic. The second question is I want to dive into the numbers and look at uh, how long content should be for best results. I'm actually going to look at uh, the length of content on my biggest new site. I've got a bunch of numbers, so uh, hopefully give us some ideas about content length and search rankings results. So it's going to get a little bit of uh, numbers and figures into this podcast today, so uh, hopefully Hopefully you can keep track of it, but I'll at the end at the end of the day I'm going to boil down to some basic takeaway points, which which will hopefully make sense. So let's start let's start off with does more content result in more traffic? What I mean by that is 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 if you publish more articles, and, and we're going to assume there's an assumption here that that the content is is decent. All right, like you can you can publish all the garbage content you want, and some of it might rank. Right? I mean I've ranked some pretty bad stuff in, in the past and still sometimes it ranks but generally let's make the assumption this is good content okay so the question is is if you increase publishing from eight articles a month to 30 articles a month are you going to see an increase in search traffic in at the same rate essentially right like is it going to be a tiny bit increase or is it actually going to correlate nicely in a chart so uh, i took out some numbers I, I did a huge analysis in july 2019 and uh, did it for my biggest niche site so also the other thing to keep in mind is that big site had had a decent amount of domain authority and uh, domain rating i think uh, in hrefs it had domain rating of 65 and, and a moz domain authority of 60 so it's not a new site i think new sites you're not going to see this type of, of results it's a lot harder to do some this type of analysis. All right, so uh, basically, just background info about the site. Uh, just so you know, I don't do any proactive link building. That that's a that's a totally different type of SEO model, I guess you could say, because I think you could. I tend to go for low competition uh, keywords, much longer tail, lower search volume. I think this entire analysis could be turned upside down if because I mean you could essentially rank like one huge huge keyword by doing link building and have one article and get hundreds of thousands of visitors. So that's not really what I do. I publish lots of content. The question is, is, is am I better off to invest even more per month or is there some form of, is there a limit or diminishing returns at some point where I'm probably best off to, to, to invest X amount and then beyond that, I'm not going to really enjoy any additional revenue. So in July 2019, the total number of articles on that site was 3,410, and the average word count was uh, 2,840. Okay, so the content's fairly long. I the, the next question we're going to discuss is long versus short content. Uh, I, I think the takeaway here is you don't have to write every article be 2,800 words. I have some that are 7,000 words. I have some that are 
well under a thousand. Okay, you really need to cater the content to serve the audience to serve the topic, right? So don't just be like on autopilot. 2,800 words, 2,800 words, it's not necessary. So basically what I did is I looked at this site since July 2017 on a month-by-month basis, and I was able to see how many words were published each month. And I did that all the way up to July 2019. So it was interesting because from about July 2017 to about uh, end of first quarter 2018, uh, I didn't publish a whole lot of uh, words. It was about looks like around a hundred thousand a month or so, um, probably probably less than that. Uh, it was pretty stable month to month. And then and then came 2018, and I did a huge push. I invested in a lot of content, and I really pushed the number of words up big time. Uh, some months I was well above 200,000 words a month for some content. And when I look at my uh, search sessions or traffic from Google search, uh, the correlation is quite strong. As the number of words published in a given month increased, so too did the number of Google search visits. Okay, And the correlation is, is remarkable. And then again, toward the end of 2018, my content production dipped down quite a bit. And at the same time, the Google search traffic dipped down. And then again in January 2019, I ramped up really big time on the content and the search traffic actually really exploded up big time there. Now, I want to caveat this with, first off, if there is any relationship, it's correlation, it's not causation. Second of all, I had a, uh, a person who reads some of my blog posts and he made a good point. He said, you know, I, I really think this boils down to your search signals uh, rather than just content, and it's not as simplistic as merely pushing out more and more content for more and more search traffic. And I, and I think he's probably right. I think there's obviously a lot more going into it than merely just barfing out reams and reams of content, expecting that you're going to get reams and reams of traffic in in, uh, in return. And and the last point I want to make here, and this is really important. Okay, my content production. I'm looking at this chart kind of follows sort of, it seems like throughout the course of the last couple of years, um, my traffic growth for, for this biggest site is really similar throughout the year. Okay, it's from January till about May or June, traffic really explodes upward for some reason in the niche. In the summer, it hits a plateau and then come around end of September, October, it starts dipping down a little bit, and then in December, it dips down quite a bit. So there's definitely an annual cycle to the traffic, and this chart in terms of search traffic to my site, definitely follows that cycle. But what's interesting, for, and I don't recall actually ever making a conscious decision about this, but my content volume published actually kind of followed that. Like I, I Especially in 2019, I really ramped up in the early part of the year uh, with content, and then uh, I kind of kept it up during the summer, and it dropped down a little bit. Uh, this particular, I, I should say 2018, that was the case. I'm um, not really sure why, why that happened, but so it's really, you know, to say that the amount of content published directly impacts how much traffic it generated. Uh, I don't think it's like directly related, but I think there's definitely some relation to it. And just so you know, this is all Google search traffic. It has nothing to do about social media. Obviously, if you're pushing out lots of uh, social media-friendly content, you're going to get more traffic. Social media traffic is generally very, very quick. It happens almost instantly. So the takeaway here is... Uh, there's a, it seems to be a fairly strong correlation. I, I think it makes sense, right? Because, I, I mean, 
you get search traffic from content and especially with the model I do which is target low competition keywords and lower search volume per month the reason I do that is because I can rank for it without having to do a whole bunch of link building or any link building for that matter uh, is so obviously the more keywords that I I'm able to target and get out on on the site in the course of a year the more traffic I'm going to get all right so the other the other important takeaway here is if your site's fairly new the, you're probably not going to see a correlation right like you, you could launch a site and in month two or three you could put out 200 articles but you're not going to see like an equal spike in traffic because it takes a while for for Google to sort of uh, deem your site trustworthy and start de- delivering traffic consistently and and in large volumes I think I think if you go after the right keywords and you have good content a big push up front can work out in the long run. I think eventually that can pay off really, really nicely. But you're not going to see a, a direct relationship between your traffic growth and how much content you push out right out of the gates like that. And I also want to just caution that I, th- I, I, I think every site is going to have its own patterns and. Uh, you know, definitely site authority comes into play here. My site has quite good authority, so when when there's an opportunity to rank for a, a keyword that's not very competitive, my site is typically going to rank quite quickly for that. Whereas a site, let's say, with a domain authority of three or four, that's that's really new, it's it's not going to enjoy the, that same advantage. So that's an important point you got to keep in mind. So next up. I want to talk about long versus short content. And again, I got some numbers here. Uh, in July, again, 2019, I, I crunched some numbers. Uh, but before I get into that, I just want to set out the definition of what I consider short content, and that would be around 700 words or less. Medium length would be 700 to 1,500 words, and long content would be 1,500 words or more. I think maybe that's going to change a little bit. It seems content's getting longer and longer and longer these days because, well, it turns out that longer content definitely seems to rank better and pull in more traffic overall. Uh, quality of content has improved dramatically over the last number of years because that's what it takes to rank and so on and so forth. So uh, when I look at the content length, uh, the length of uh, average articles on my sites uh, compared from 2019 and 2016, the average uh, word count per article increased considerably. The average word count for my top 25 uh, traffic posts in 2016 was 1,800 words. And fast forward to 2019, the average word count for the top 50 organic search traffic posts is 2,800 words. So it increased 1,000 words. Uh, that's not to say that I necessarily have to have 2,800 words in order to rank well, but there is a trend that my better performing content is longer content. However, in 2019, the word count range for my top 50 posts was like ranged from, and, and these are fairly high traffic uh, articles, not like super high, but they, they perform quite well. Uh, the word count range was 292 words for the shortest article, that's really short, to 7,600 words, so, which is extremely long. So you're going to fall anywhere in between. But what's another interesting point that I, that I discovered from this analysis is I actually have a fair amount of articles that are 5,000 plus words, and a lot of them didn't crack the top 50, which goes to show you that merely publishing really, really long content is no guarantee that you're going to pull in a lot of traffic, and that's a really important point. And that is why when I uh, order content and I'm planning content, I'm outlining content, 
what I keep in mind first and foremost is what does it take? What do I need to do? How long does it need to be to just simply cover the topic? And sometimes that is only 700 words, but sometimes it is 5,000 words and it depends on the topic. So I don't just follow some uh, blind formula and be like, oh, okay, well, you know, my average uh, word count for articles in the top 50 is 2,800 words. That's it. Every article I'm going to publish 2,800 words. That's not my approach. And I, and I don't think you should take the same approach either. Now, what's interesting also is when I look at the top performing posts on my site between 2016 and 2019, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 80-20 rule, but essentially 20% of the inputs will generate 80% of the results. So in the case of websites, and websites are particularly follow this rule quite nicely for the most part. In 2019, uh, the top 50 posts that I had made up 31% of organic search traffic. And keep in mind that in 2019, I had 3,400 articles. So 50 posts is a very, very small percentage of my overall content, yet it made up 31% of organic search traffic. So there's definitely the rule of 80-20 uh, taking place there. Now, but if we back up to 2016, several years ago, my top 25 posts made up 46.1% of all. So fewer posts pulled in a higher percentage of the traffic. And the top 50 posts back then did 61%. But here's the thing. I only had 999 articles published at that point. So those... 50 or top 25 posts made up a much larger percentage. But I think I think the point is still made. I mean, even at uh, 25% is a small percentage of overall content on that site, yet it generated 46% of all organic search traffic. And I suspect that if you have a large site with a lot of traffic, you're probably going to see the 80-20 rule in, in effect as well, in that a small percentage of your articles are pulling in the lion's share of your search traffic or a good chunk of it for sure. So what are some takeaways that we can get from this? Uh, the, oh, the other, the other thing I want to point out, and this, this is also interesting, is the average monthly organic search sessions per article. Okay, So basically, how, how much traffic is each article getting on average changed dramatically. Back when I only had 999 articles in 2016, I was averaging 324 visits per month per article. In 2019, when I like almost almost quadrupled the num number of articles on the site by that point, the average sessions per month or visitors per month article was 179. It almost it basically halved. All right, that's not particularly good. I'm not particularly happy about that development, and the reason for that is is my content is becoming less profitable because more and more content is essentially not ever going to earn a profit, right? So back, and, and that is a problem. That's sort of like when you look at uh, investments in the restaurant or retail sector, a really key number that investors look at is this um, same uh, same store sales, right? So they're, they're looking for the, the sales uh, per store, basically, which is a really important number, right? Like you can, you can add 500 stores and your overall revenue is going to go down. But if your sales per store drop dramatically, that's not very good at showing a weakness in the business, right? Or maybe there's cannibalization going on or something's up, but it's definitely not a good factor. If you increase the number of stores in your business, you either want to keep your sales per store the same or even go up, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm having the problem here. I'm pushing out a lot of stores on my site and my 
traffic per store is going down. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a way around that. Uh, probably maybe need to focus on keywords with a little bit more search volume, but uh, this is a result. At the end of the day, though, uh, uh, profits have gone up dramatically. Okay, overall profits. I pushed out so much content, overall profits have gone up, but I have increased my investment in content dramatically as well. Anyways, that's a, that's a metric to, to keep your eye on because if you know, definitely, I got to I got to look into that and address that and hopefully improve that over the next couple of years. I'd love I'd love to get my average number of visitors over three, four, even five hundred would be fantastic per article per month. Don't know if I can do that. So let's talk about some takeaways here with all this data. All right, the first thing is the 80-20 rule is definitely in effect with websites. Uh, I have a, a bunch of niche sites. Uh, several they don't have as much traffic, but several have enough traffic where I can totally see the 80-20 rule in effect. There is a small percentage of articles that are pulling in the lion's share of the uh, traffic. An interesting thing also with affiliate content. Now I. I, I, I debated whether to mention this, okay? In 2016, five of those top 25 uh, posts in terms of traffic were articles that had affiliate links in there, and they actually converted really well. They were buyer intent, they, they performed well, they were basic affiliate promotion content, all right? And they generated a 75% of the affiliate commissions earned on that site, which was a, a few thousand dollars. In 2019, none of the posts in the top 50 were or, were affiliate content. They were just informational content, which I'm not really sure what the takeaway there is, but the, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I, the reason I didn't want to mention this is I don't want to dissuade anyone from doing affiliate content because clearly it ranks. I mean, other sites rank blatant affiliate promotional content all the time and make a lot of money doing it. But for some reason, this was this was a result. I also have to mention, though, uh, I, I sort of changed strategy a little bit. The first few years that I did the site, I actually I did quite a bit of affiliate content, So and some of it ranked really well, clearly. However, as time went on, for some reason, I hit a plateau on the affiliate earnings with this site. And I'm not really sure, because I kept pushing out a lot of it. It just wasn't doing very well. And so I, I sort of, I uh, pivoted and focused more and more on informational content. So that sort of became more of the focus of the site. So in that sense, it's not really surprising that as I focus more content on informational content rather than affiliate content, that it would edge out and outperform the affiliate stuff. For some reason, I hit a, I hit a plateau with the affiliate stuff, and it turned out the the informational content just seemed to be performing a lot better. Uh, it's monetized with display ads, which. Have, have performed really, really nicely, so that's been my focus. The other thing to keep in mind is that I really do focus on the long tail keywords. I did back in 2016 for the most part, but also in 2019. But what was interesting is that in 2016, my top post was pulling in about 22,000 visits per month. Fast forward to 2019, my best performing post was pulling in about just under 10,000. That's a huge difference. In fact, my best performing post is pulling in less than half of the amount of traffic than my best performing post in 2016. And I like this is a good and bad number. All right, this is this is good in the sense that I have traffic really spread out across a lot of articles, and that means the traffic profile is really 
diversified. And that's nice because basically I'm going for long tail keywords. I don't have to look over my shoulder all the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not dependent on a few big keywords. And if I get bumped down to spot four or five, basically my traffic for the site's going to fall, you know, 50%. That's not going to happen, right? If I lose a ranking for my biggest keyword, which is 10,000 visits per month, that's a small, small amount of traffic compared to my overall site traffic. Okay, so so that's that's pretty nice. Okay. But on the flip side, nobody can ever say, hey, you know, I don't want to rank for a monster keyword. I mean, that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, I, I would love to rank for a keyword that gets 500,000 visitors per month. I mean, that'd be fantastic. It'd be huge, right? But I'm, I'm not even more close to that. So so it's good and bad. I like the fact that I'm diversified. I'm not, I don't have to worry too much about looking over my shoulder. But on the flip side, I'm not really ranking for any monster keyword at all. And maybe there are some opportunities there. I'm not really sure. I, I tend to just focus on my low competition, low search volume model. That seems to work well for me, but perhaps there are some opportunities I should I should dig into there. Um, the other takeaway here is the content definitely got longer over the last three and a half years. I think that's safe to say for a lot of sites, but I want to caution this. Longer is not always necessarily better. The range is huge for the top performing articles at both time periods. Uh, the average is the average, right? The range is huge, uh, anywhere from, it was like 300 words for the shortest, which is ridiculous. Now, I think there there's quite a bit of images in that in that post, but the word count was very low, and uh, moving all the way up to like 7,500 words. So, but the, the point is, is you don't have to write 10,000 words for every article. Sometimes 1,200 will do it. Just it also helps to get a lot of data, and I'm fortunate because I got 3,500 articles published on the site. I think by the time I'm doing this podcast, it's up to 36 or 3,700. The more I get out, the more data I get. The the more with the more data that I have, the easier it is to make decisions and, and see trends and, and things that are happening and know you know what I need to do going forward. At the end of the day, you know if you're publishing niche sites, so you're blogging and so forth, things are changing, right? What I what I ranked for in 2016, I've lost rankings for some of those and other other keywords that I've published and sent are performing spectacularly well. Uh, the, that's just the way it is. Uh, things are constantly changing in terms of how much words you need to do, qu- content quality, what works. I mean, I noticed this big time in November 2019 when, when the same site, this biggest site, Took a took a pretty significant fifteen percent traffic loss from the November twenty nineteen update. I don't even know if that thing has a name. Uh, it, it is the new year now, and I'm doing this podcast. Uh, it's January twenty twenty, and traffic has rebounded quite nicely. But I I think that I definitely was vulnerable or or took a hit on that that November update, and I should be at higher levels had I not lost that 15%. But the point is things are always changing. It's it's good to keep an eye on the data, but there, it's also good to just follow a content strategy. I don't get too wrapped up in the numbers. I, I, I kind of find some of this stuff interesting, how helpful it is. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, where I find looking at this content analysis to be the most helpful is looking for topics on a niche site that are performing really, really well. 
that that has been probably the the biggest benefit of having some some content that's ranking and I could see I, I just throw out a bunch of stuff within a niche on a site over the over the course of a while and some of it works and some of it doesn't work at all and what I do is I look at the stuff that's working I'm like wow okay uh, that particular niche topic within within the larger site sector is performing really well let's do more of that and that's what I've done over the last few years and if there's any takeaway I would suggest that that's probably one of the best things you can do is just figure out what topics Google seems to like your site for and really hone in and and cover it in depth if it takes 10 articles if it takes 20 it should be a no-brainer. You shouldn't have to spend time looking for new topics to cover. If you have an article that's doing really, really well, there's chances are that there is a lot of additional articles you could you could publish around that topic. Cover it completely in depth because that scene I, I rank for like I guess you could call it a cluster or a silo. I tend to have some topics that perform really, really well. I have others that are dead in the water. And so the best thing that I can do, and I think for a lot of publishers, if you're working on a large and sort of never-ending website, is to focus on the stuff that's actually performing well. Thanks for listening.